Hello, my beloved brothers and sisters. God bless you from wherever place you are currently, any place of the world. In this moment, you are you are connected. I greet you with much affection, and I desire, brothers and sisters, if you are at home, if you are with your family, you are praying, praising God, glorifying Him. I've received many emails where you share that you gather at your homes, you gather as a family and praying to God. And the Lord has baptized with the Holy Spirit and the Lord has manifested with prophecy as well. And I receive many emails where you share visions and dreams. And so, while we are in these troubled times in which we do not have the freedom to go to the church or of doing anything, our jobs or other tasks and occupations that every human being has, while we are able to, let us take advantage and you take advantage to gather in your homes uh, gather together and praise God. You can sing to the Lord. You can sing choruses. You can sing hymns. You can read the Bible. Pray. And in this way, you are praising God, pleasing Him. Now that in the current situation, we are obligated to be separated and isolated. And I don't think this is going to be for much long. God will have mercy of us. And He will take this away what we're currently going through it's very sad never in the history of mankind have we faced a certain something like this but we trust in God we have the living Lord who takes us by the hand and surely he will help us and bless us so that we are able to withstand as a psalm that we read to be able to stand in that day of trouble and we are facing that day of trouble and we must stand with the help of our God with the help of our Lord and so I invite you to pray and to continue to congregate and sing to the Lord for the Lord is pleased when we sing to him sing to the Lord with your heart and so today all of you those that are watching I assume that you are in your home, maybe the living room, dining room, your bedroom, wherever you are, you can have a seat and you may open your Bibles. And today we're going to meditate on our God. And first we want to remember, well, not so much remember, but reflect, reflect on all the things that are happening we see that our God is angry. God is upset with the sin in the world for sin has multiplied. Just as in the days of antiquity before the flood, the Lord had spoke, spoken to Noah and had said that he was tired tired with the world, tired with those from the time of Adam to Noah. They had multiplied. There were thousands of people and they were devoted to evil ways, to sin and devoted to idolatry. They began to worship idols, images, 
foreign gods. They began to worship demons. They worshiped the dead. They began to distance themselves and turn away from God. But not just that. They also started to do with their bodies things that displeased God. They used their bodies. Men, women, doing things that they ought not to. Uh, participating in revelries. And there was a lot of lewdness and lust using their bodies and just defiling themselves, even with animals. All of this, the Bible shares that the world was doing, and the Lord said that He was angered. And He told Noah He would no longer put up with this. And this is why He would send floodwaters where all would die and perish. God had mercy of Noah and ordered him to build an ark so that he could take refuge with his family. And the rest, the rest of the world, the people died, great and small. Young children, the elderly, people of all ages perished for God was tired of all the sin that was committed. Now that very sad story we read in the Bible. And after, well, the world continues and carries on. The generations continue. After Noah, the world is repopulated. And once again, when the people are multiplied, they begin to sin. And they carry on with the same evil ways as before. As if the devil had been teaching every man and every woman what it was they needed to do all different types of evil to displease God and to contradict Him. And so we read these stories and we see the punishment of Saddam and Gomorrah. Let us remember in Saddam and Gomorrah there were two cities that were characterized because there was a lot of homosexuality in those cities. And not just homosexuality, but men would reach the point of even having relations with animals and all different types of evil were being committed by people with their bodies and committing all sorts of infractions and devoted to idolatry as well worshiping other gods and sacrificing their children to demons and to the dead to their idols all of this was being done in that city of Gomorrah and Sodom and so God was angered and this is why he saved Lot the only righteous man he found in that city so God rescued Lot by mercy and he destroyed these cities but the people not happy with this continue on in their sin and the world very quickly forgets about God. They also very quickly forget about the punishment, just as they forget very quickly of the blessings God grants. Human beings have this weakness, this flaw, that they quickly forget things. And they forget, and they carry on with their lives. They carry on with their whims and their stubbornness. And this is why we live these experiences with God. And those who have this experience with the Lord, He is manifesting through the Holy Spirit and through the spiritual gifts. And we realize it is true. We quickly forget the promises God makes us. God makes us promises through prophecy. 
or by visions and dreams all the time. Why? Yes, God knows as human beings, this is our weakness. It is our flaw to quickly forget things. The same occurs when God would punish or when God punishes. It is the same. People quickly forget things. They forget and once again, they turn back in their lives and again begin to do things they shouldn't. They begin to do e or to commit evil acts and to practice sin. And how sad that is for all human beings. But we who have known the Lord and we are reading the Bible and living what the Bible expresses because the Bible speaks of many things, many signs and many things that occurred or that occur to all the persons who read the Bible and practice it. So God gives them experiences. He gives them the same experiences narrated by the Bible. For example, the Lord says in the Bible, if you pray and call to me for an illness, I will heal you. And I will give someone the gift of healing and when they lay on hands, that person will be healed. And so we see how the Bible gives us the teaching and we believe God is there. God is spirit. God lives. He is surrounding us. And so we believe. And so the Lord uses us. So I go and I pray for someone that is ill and God heals them. And then I say, the Bible is true. What the Bible says is true. This is the true book that speaks of God for it has been proven to me. It says God gives the gift of healing to a person and that person goes and prays for another and that person is healed. So it is true. In this way, we do not doubt the Bible. For many say, well, how can you prove the Bible is the true book of God, that the Bible is the Lord's and that, that it is true? How can you prove it? How can you prove that what is in the Bible is real? And so we tell them, well, by the experiences we live. For the Bible says God gives the spiritual gifts to a person and he speaks to them through prophecy and we live that experience in the church. The Bible says God gives visions and dreams and God speaks to men and women through visions and dreams. And we, we are living these experiences in the church and this is why we believe that what the Bible says is true. We believe the Bible is a true book, a real true book. We do not doubt it. And the Bible also says God hears the prayer of someone who is in sorrow or afflicted or is in need or is ill or is that or is facing a moment of danger the bible says call to me in the day of trouble i will hear you you will honor me and so the bible says god hears these people and so we we have enjoyed all of these experiences because people testify we testify that we have lived all of these moments of trouble in life and we pray to god and God immediately, He answers us, He responds, He helps us, He comes to our aid. So why would we doubt the Bible? We do not doubt the Bible. The Bible is a true book. And this is for those who do not believe, for those who do not trust. And so, once again, I go back 
to what I was saying before, that the world, human beings, in their weakness, they forget about God. They forget when God has his hard hand of punishment and he punishes and people are worried and afraid and they call out, but then they forget and they continue on in their sin. And people also forget when God blesses. And I repeat this so that we keep it in our heads and our minds. And the Lord, we say, Lord, thank you because you gave me this blessing. You heard me, but then later I forgot. And I once again fall back into my sin and weakness. God does not want this. And because of this is why the world today is in the midst of sin, in the midst of all evil acts. There, Every day we hear about new sins, new evil things that people are doing in the world. And people, they live happily. Others applaud one another. And each seems to be in agreement with what they do because since the people do not have God, no one ever says, well, what you are doing or what you're thinking is wrong. Because as that person ha doesn't have God, well, they say, well, I respect your opinion. I respect you and what you're saying is true. And probably you're right. So continue doing what you're doing. And so that's what happens today. But when we know the word of God and the path of our Lord, our duty, our duty is to correct, to admonish, to guide, to advise a person and to speak to that person that they should not continue in that evil way. And that person asks, well, how do you know I'm following an evil way? Well, yes, the Bible says so. And as we know, the Bible is true. It is the word of our God. Well, I invite you. I invite you to turn aside from that way and to pray to God for forgiveness. No longer do the evil acts you are doing and stop sinning. Repent and convert to this true God so that he may have mercy. So those should be the words of evangelizing that in these times, in these days of trouble, we ought to share with the world. We should say, remember God, call on the Lord, read the Bible if it is possible, and you will find, you will find many things, and you will find the path which you can follow. There you will find the true path toward our Lord. And so, this is the invitation, brothers and sisters, all the brothers and sisters listening. Teach people, teach your loved ones, your neighbors, your friends. Teach them to read the Bible, to remember God, to be sincere, to love the Lord, and He will guide them. God will guide them, for it is the Lord, the only one capable of guiding a person to be righteous and to be upright. And so this is my introduction or the reflection that I have for you today that the world, we need to make them see that sin and evil that currently reigns is what has the Lord so angered. This is why the Lord is sending this virus. This is why the world is worried. Everyone is terrified. And there might be some people who might go crazy, might go mad. They might end up in a madhouse because they don't know if there will be a solution for this and they'll be worried because they live without God and without hope. And so we 
need to speak to these people. Tell them to trust in God. He exists and we must seek him. We must love him. We must give him his place because God exists. He is real. So let us teach this to others. Let us teach this to any person you have the opportunity to speak to about God because it is the time for the world to remember God for we are the work of our Lord's hands. And the proof is in that all science, not even medicine, no person in the world, no global power has been capable up until this moment to forbid or avoid these types of anomalies in nature because this is a virus. So these are powerful demons of sickness, plagues God allows to be in the world roaming to harm people. So all of this is completely out of our hands, out of human beings' hands. We find here a powerful God who is governing us. And with these things, we find that God does exist. We must believe in Him. We must give Him His rightful place. And we must honor Him and ask Him for forgiveness and recognize what we have done wrong that has led us to this. And so that way God may control all of it and he may have mercy of us so that this does not become worse so that we do not reach a crisis where people may die of hunger as many times in the Bible it shares of situations where in some cities God allowed a plague to strike the people and everyone perished may God not allow these things with us may God give us another opportunity this is what we desire, what we wish for, what we ask our God for. And you speak to people, evangelize in this way. And maybe by email, you can share with people and say, God exists. Read the Bible and you will see how God will help you. God will comfort you and God will have mercy of us. And so, brothers and sisters, I know that you're going to be patient with me because every time I present myself in this broadcast, I take a long time and I, I never say it should be 30 minutes or 20 minutes or an hour. Well, I just talk and I want to keep talking about God and, and keep talking, but please excuse me if perhaps I go over the stipulated time today we're going to meditate on our Lord Jesus Christ let us meditate on the God of glory on the Savior on the only way that leads to the Father our Lord Jesus Christ is the only way he is eternal life he is the same yesterday today and all eternity he is the Son of God he is God therefore we ought to honor him revere him believe him exalt him follow his commandments so that he may manifest in our lives and bless us in hebrews in chapter one we shall be opening our bible so that we may meditate on our lord jesus christ so that we may find comfort so that we may once again review and go over who our lord is and here in hebrews chapter one of verse 1 through 4 we'll be reading today and meditating on the Lord and it reads God who at various times and in various ways spoke 
in time past to the fathers by the prophets. This is what I said in the beginning. It says God, he spoke at various times and in various ways in time past to the fathers. And who were the fathers? Well, let us start off with Noah, Methuselah. Let us also start with all those great patriarchs that existed before the floodwaters to who God also spoke to by visions, dreams, and revelations. And it also says that he spoke to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Moses. And so this is why it says that God spoke in various times, in various ways to the fathers. They were the fathers, and he spoke by the prophets. He, the Lord, sent prophets to speak to them in that time, in the time of antiquity of the people of Israel. In verse 2, has in these last days, because remember, we're, we're now living those last days. Those last days was in reference to after the gospel. Now in the time of antiquity, it's referred to from Adam until the coming of Jesus Christ, until he was born. And after our Lord Jesus Christ began to preach the gospel, that new life for all human beings through the gospel began, and that is called the last days. So the last days, we have now spent 2,000 years calling this time the last days those 2,000 years have that have passed in which the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ has been revealed and preached and proclaimed in many places of the world although some have twisted the path of our God but some they still have the notion or sense of what the gospel is what it means to be Christian or what it is to believe in Christ and so in the last days and these are the times that we are currently living it says in these last days spoken to us by his son so god has spoken by his son whom he has appointed heir of all things through whom also he made the worlds so he made the world with the son the son was with the father when god created the world and this is why in genesis in the first few chapters it says let us make man let us it doesn't say i'm going to make man but it says let us speaking of others who were there including or who were included in the formation of the world and this is why it says that the son was there and that he appointed all things and he made the world through him verse 3 who being the brightness of his glory so jesus christ this word of which it says that he is the brightness so who here in the beginning who which is Jesus Christ who being the brightness of his glory his meaning the father so the Lord Jesus Christ he it says and the express image of his person so he was that same image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power when he had by himself purged our sins sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high this verse 3 is confirming Jesus Christ is God himself again 
It says his son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds. So he made the world with him, the universe. He said, let us make man in our image. And it, that's written in Genesis. And Jesus Christ, I repeat verse number three, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, we are an image. Maria Luisa is an image. The brother Peter, the brother John, each is an image, is a being, a conscious, a spirit, a soul, a conscious, a spirit that has a soul and conscience. That is the image. We are an image. And so it says, God, that Jesus Christ was the image of God, the same brightness. And so it confirms again, I repeat, Jesus Christ is God. Blessed is the name of the Lord. And it says in verse number four, having become so much better than the angels, so God the Father created his Son of flesh and blood, meaning God himself, the same image of God with his power, took a piece of himself, made a man, and he named him Jesus Christ. He gave him flesh, he gave him life as any other human being, but it says he made him better than the angels because he inherited, as it says here, as he has by inheritance and obtained a more excellent name. So he was the son of God, that piece of flesh who he gave life to and he gave bones to, became a human being. He said he had given him an excellent name. It was the son of God. But we know that it was that same image. It was God himself in his power that did all these things. A great mystery this is. But we believe it because God has written it in the Bible and has allowed us to believe in this way. For us to believe God in his three functions that he works in as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. This the Lord has taught us in the Bible, and so we must believe and accept it. And not to think, as some people who are stubborn, and they say, well, he's a God with three heads, or he is a Trinity God. It's a Trinity. God is three. Those who doubt. No, it's not that he is a God with three heads. He is one God. But isn't God capable? Doesn't he have the power that from his same image, someone may say, well, this is my son, and it is the same power of God, the same Lord. And for his believers, men and women in the world that love him and seek him, and God gives them also a piece of his image and says, you too are my children. And as you are my children, I give you a piece of my spirit. And so you will have great power. You will have power. Go and pray. Go lay on hands. Go pray for others. And many miracles will take place for you have my support. I have given you of my spirit, of my power. And so if God gives to thousands those spiritual gifts, and he says, you are my children, and so does it mean 
that we no longer will call him a God with three heads, but now he's a, a God with 10,000 or 100,000 or 200,000 heads because he has given power to 200,000 people. And so brothers and sisters, all of these thoughts are thought by a stubborn, rebellious person who wants to question and wants to justify everything and have an explanation. But we don't have the need to have an explanation. We simply know God is so powerful that He works as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And that is not rare or strange for us. In God's power, all things are possible. And here, it is exalting Jesus Christ because He was flesh. And in a moment, He became flesh like human beings because He wanted to be in the midst of the world, in the midst of mankind, and that's what He did. But nonetheless, we see, we find that Yet being in the same image as God, His person, He was God Himself because He was there to create the world and the universe. So we believe, we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. We believe that as the Son of God, He is the same God and He is the only way that leads us to eternal life. There is no other way. There are no statues, idols, images, saints. There is no human being. In any place of the world or universe, there is no one that can ever surpass our Lord Jesus Christ or take away His function, the function performed by our Lord Jesus Christ. And so here we move on to Hebrews chapter 12. Let us move on to Hebrews chapter 12 to continue to discuss our Lord Jesus Christ. Hebrews chapter 12, let us read quickly from verse 1 to 29. The chapter is a bit long, but like I said to you before, please have patience with me. And here in chapter 12, it reads, Therefore, therefore, meaning what we just read in verse 1, in, in chapter 1, that in chapter 1, God was made to be better than the angels and He inherited the excellent name, which is the Son of God, and that He is the same image of God. He is God Himself. He is that brightness of His glory. And God, in the days of old, He spoke by the prophets and now He is speaking by His Son. And so God with us, glory to our God, God with us, as he prophesied, or as it was prophesied by Isaiah, that in the last days, God would be with all people and it would be God with us because God made that promise by Isaiah the prophet. And he said, in the future, a child would be born and he would be called Emmanuel, which means or is translated as God with us. So, how can it be that God would contradict himself? How can God the Father say the Lord Jesus Christ is coming and if he is not the Son of God, well then how can he say a child will be born named Emmanuel, which translated means God with us? So we see God himself made himself a man. He was made flesh. He was made as a son and he would be with us. Glory to the Lord and today. We have this true God. We have the Lord. Our Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, our God, is with us. Glory to the Lord. And so because of this, after we read these verses in this way how God magnified His Son, and the Lord explains to us that it is His same image. It is He Himself. So verse 1, Therefore we also 
Since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. So this is calling us to repentance. It is calling us to abandon all sin. Verse 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Here, this is exalting our Lord Jesus Christ. He was the author and finisher of faith. Verse 3. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. You have not yet resisted to bloodshed, striving against sin. And you have forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as to sons. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. For when... For whom the Lord loves, he chastens, and scourges every son whom he receives. This is giving us the understanding that our Lord Jesus Christ, as the Son, suffered and faced many tribulations and cruel pain here on earth. And when he died on the cross of Calvary, he suffered greatly. It says the Father did this with him because he wanted to say to him, My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord. Do not be despised by that or be discouraged it says nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him for whom the Lord loves he chastens and as our Lord Jesus Christ as he took on all the sins of all men and women who would convert to him and as he took on all of those sins so that the Lord may forgive this is why our God punished we can say he allowed that bloody cross and the pain and suffering his blood shed on the cross and all of these sacrifices he allowed for there our God was rebuking a son who had committed many faults and sins now the Lord Jesus Christ didn't commit them but all of us we did and he was paying for each of us for all those who would convert in the future and our Lord says do not do not be discouraged do not turn back because if the Lord loves you he will chasten you. He will rebuke you. And so we thank our Lord. But today, we, after having accepted our Lord Jesus Christ and believing in Him, we are in the Lord, living our life with our Lord. So what happens? We, our Lord Jesus Christ, will not again go to the cross to be sacrificed by my sins and my faults. But God expects from us, expects me, to turn aside from sin, to live a holy, righteous life, and to please God so that the Lord has no need to punish us. Because He punished once, but He will not tolerate for us to continue in our sin and disobedience and for Him having to forgive us each time. And so we have a God that is strong, a God that punishes, and we, we should be careful and continue forward. Us as a church, as believers, we have enjoyed the blessings of God. We've enjoyed the chastening of the Lord and all He teaches. We've enjoyed it. 
But there are many people, many people that are new in the congregation, in the church, that come and have not understood. And they've been in the church for some time, for some years, and continue in their sin. These are the persons who the Lord says, be careful, turn aside from sin, because I do not want to have to punish you. I do not want to be this strong God or Father that punishes. And so, speaking of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father, he was very lively and he punished him. That being, he punished and he suffered to give us an example that we we could attain the forgiveness of God. We could we can attain eternal life and live our life with the Lord. So in verse number 7, the Lord, our God, advises us all says if you endure chastening god deals with you as with sons for what son is there whom a father does not chasten but if you are without chastening of which all have become partakers then you are illegitimate and not sons now our lord saying the believer is in our god ought to be careful take heed and continue in their life without sinning not turning back so that there is no need to be chastened verse 9 furthermore we have had human fathers so we should love god in good times sadness health or no health we love our parents and sometimes we overlook things well with greater reason with our god so people should not be forgetful people should not be indifferent and stubborn and rebellious and they should not go off and do what is wrong commit sin or evil acts just it, by just thinking oh god doesn't exist hopefully that does not happen and people do not do that and think well god doesn't exist and if he exists well why does he allow for me to suffer no this is rebelliousness and capriciousness and what god wants is for his children to be obedient children that love him and to know and recognize god exists and that they worry to learn the path and to worry all to worry about learning all the commandments god orders to live a righteous correct life so we have no need to suffer through things like this and in verse 11 now no chastening seems to be joyful for the present but painful Nevertheless afterward it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Now perhaps we are taking this situation as if it were a punishment from God. Now truly we see that everything that is happening what God wants is for the world to react. For mankind to say, well, what are we going to do now? To have them take a moment to think of God's existence and us the believers those who know of God what might we say is God punishing us is God making a call of attention to us surely each of us must reflect and we must evaluate our life before the Lord will we repent will we return back to the path and do God's will will we remember the promises and do what God wants we will not forget we will not forget all the things that God has done with us the punishments or the blessings or the miracles we will not forget any of it but we will retain all that God speaks and to continue uprightly obeying the Lord and perhaps all of this is also a rebuke but all of this punishment the world is punished maybe the world is more punished than we are because we trust in the comfort god gives us he comforts us he tells us do not worry i am with you but those who do not have god well they will be despaired they will be worried and they'll suffer 
This is why it is important to believe that God exists, a God in spirit and in truth, not an idol, not a portrait or a painting or an image. No, God is not in that, not in the demons or the dead or those who have died. No, not in people. No one has power. It is God in spirit and in truth. And this is how we ought to seek him, revere him and honor him. And those who want to know more of God, read the Bible for there you will know him. And in verse number 12, and we are highlighting the deity, the divinity, the grace and power of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 12, therefore, strengthen the hands which hang down and the feeble knees and make straight paths for your feet, meaning walk down the path of righteousness so that what is lame may not be dislocated, but rather be healed. Pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Now, this holiness with which no one will see the Lord, it's not after death, it is now, while we are alive, while we are here and living, we need to see the Lord and how will we see him? We see his manifestation, his miracles, the signs he performs, our prayers are heard, he answers us, he protects us. There is a sister who shares that she was ill. She had the coronavirus. She was at home because at the hospital, they didn't take her in because there were too many people and they sent her home. She said she was home alone without being able to breathe and she was facing all of the symptoms and she had no food. And she prayed to God and said, Lord, we've read in the Bible that you, you send even a bird. You can send a bird to feed someone. This is what the Bible tells us. Lord, is that possible? And so she said she was meditating on the on these thoughts when God sent someone, a neighbor, and brought her groceries. Brought her groceries, left them at her door, and she said God heard her prayer. God heard her, her meditation that is written in the Bible. This is why we say God is the same of yesterday, today, and forever. So if God sent a bird yesterday to feed a person, well, today God can do the same. He is powerful. He is mighty. And so we see the difference between knowing God and following this true God that comforts us and gives us joy and takes away our worries and cares. And there have been many people that have been sharing that who have gotten ill from this virus and have been healed because God heals them. They call to him and God works the miracle. Thanks be to our God. So God lives. God lives. Blessed is the name of the Lord. So it says that holiness of which with which or without which no one will see the Lord and in walking in sin you will not see the Lord that way so we must turn aside from all sin abandon it so that we may see the hand of God in our lives when he gives us peace joy and happiness he takes away illnesses he gives us health and he also gives us our sustenance if at any moment in time maybe someone is dying of hunger they call to the Lord and God will give them what they need for he is powerful he is mighty he is the owner of all and there is nothing impossible for him in verse 16 
Oh, verse 15, looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, and by this many become defiled. And well, those are people that are pessimistic, people who say, well, God didn't resolve the problem that in the moment that they wanted, so they became stubborn, and they began to complain and to try and contaminate others' hearts. Verse 16, lest there be any fornicator or profane person like Esau, who for one morsel of food sold his birthright. So people who despise God's blessings. Now Esau, what he did was he despised God, the Lord's blessing. For God had said that all the inheritance was for the firstborn, and Esau was the firstborn. But he despised his birthright, and he sold it to his brother Jacob for a bowl of lentil soup. And so God, he does many things for us. And what we need to do is be grateful to the Lord. Be grateful and value and appreciate what God does with us. Verse 17, for you know that afterward when he wanted to inherit the blessing, he was rejected, as Sal was, and he for he found no place for repentance, though he sought it diligently with tears. So God did not want to forgive his sin of having despised the blessings. So we, today, we will not despise the blessings of our God. And this blessing, this great blessing that God has set us in his true path. He has brought us to his church. It is the greatest blessing that any human being can have in their life, that God has done this with them. And we have these great blessings. And so we will not lose the blessing of our God. We will continue forward. And in verse 18, it says, For you have not come to the mountain that may be touched. So this is in reference to the fact that we are not there before Mount Sinai when Moses was there 40 days and 40 nights on that mountain and that a cloud covered him and he spoke to God. It says we, we are not there in that mountain of, of Sinai. And it said that it also burned with fire and to blackness and darkness and tempest. Now we have not come to that mountain and the sound of a trumpet and the voice of words were heard there when Moses was there and there was a voice and it says so those so that those who heard it begged that the word should not be spoken to them anymore they could not endure the glory of God on Mount Sinai all the people were afar from it they would close their ears they would close their eyes because they could not endure the sound of this trumpet nor the face of Moses that was shining now these people could not endure these things verse 20 for they could not endure what was commanded and if so much as a beast touches the mountain it shall be stoned or shot with an arrow now imagine that how important that restriction was that God told the people that they all should be afar and no one could come near the mountain of, of Sinai. And if a beast were to come near and touch it, it would die. So if this happened with Moses, he was the one there on Mount Sinai and it was something 
And it says, terrifying was the sight that Moses said, I am exceedingly afraid and trembling. So if all of these things that in that time the people of Israel could not endure, could not withstand in that moment, Moses, who was a human being, but it was the glory of God manifested because Moses was speaking to God. Now with greater reason today, we we are in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ. We are in the presence of a living God of power. What will we feel? What should we feel in the presence of our God? Respect Him, value Him, obey Him, hear the Lord and do His will, praise His name, turning aside from all sin. We must do these things. If in that time when Moses was on Mount Sinai, the people could not endure, nor see him, nor hear him, and the things that they saw were so terrifying that Moses said, I'm afraid, I'm trembling. I do not understand this manifestation and glory of God. And in verse 22, but you have come to Mount Zion to the city of the living God. This, brothers and sisters, we today, as I said before, we are in the presence of God, the presence of the living God of power. We, we are this Zion. We are the city of the living God, the church of God. We are the heavenly Jerusalem. We are to an innumerable company of angels. We are to the general assembly and church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven. And we are before God, the judge of all. And we are also before us all. We are before also the presence of spirits of just men made perfect. And it says in 24, to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. So we are in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ, who is the mediator. We, we are in a moment of perfectioning, of bettering, of something much greater than what the people of Israel lived and saw and experienced in Mount Sinai when God manifested to Moses and his glory was present and he gave them the commandments. What we are experiencing today is greater. And I want to once again repeat what the Lord has placed and what God wants us to understand where we are standing, where we are, what are we doing, and in what place we are in. And so it compares. It makes a comparison that Moses himself was seeing God's glory, but he says that he was afraid. But we, the believers in Christ today, after knowing the gospel, it says that we, we have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, so it's belonging to the church of God, that heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels. This is everything God has for us. It says we 
have come to the general assembly and the church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven. We have come to God, the judge of all. We have come to the spirits of just men made perfect. We have come to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. These are the great blessings, the great spiritual triumphs God is granting. And we, today, we have it. So why should we despise it? Let us value. Let us trust in God. Let us praise our Lord. Let us follow his path. Let us obey his commandments and let us teach people. Let us teach the world to turn aside from their evil ways, to repent, to seek the Lord and to trust in this true God. This is what we must do, brothers and sisters. In verse 25, see that you do not refuse him who speaks. We will not refuse our God because he speaks to us. He is a living God of power. He speaks. It's not like people who say God has not spoken anymore and the gift of prophecy, it was only for the days of old. God doesn't exist. Is his power, has it run out? He's the same of yesterday, today, and forevermore. He is the same. And so we cannot refuse him who speaks. For it says, for if they did not escape, those who saw the glory of God on, si on Mount Sinai, it says, God punished them from that mountain. It says, if they did not escape from God's punishment, it says, who re refused him who spoke on earth, much more shall we not escape if we turn away from him who speaks from heaven. So from heaven, God is chastening us. And if we do not obey, he will, ref uh, we, he will refuse us. And so the punishment will come to us. But we do not want to be disobedient children. We want to be obedient who love God and trust in God and follow his path. And so it says in verse 28, Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear for our God is a consuming fire but we also know our God is love and this is the God that we want to have a God of love and so this message my brothers and sisters I know that you have read many times and you already know, you understand, and you know the path. God has spoken to you many times. God has given you revelations, made you promises. But it is important to once again remember all of these things and to give God his rightful place, to give God the place he deserves, and to proclaim and let us teach people to seek the Lord, to pray and seek our God, to call out to him so that the Lord may have mercy in these very difficult times that we are facing. So the honor and the glory be for our God. May God have mercy of us all. Let us make, let us pray so that we may ask the Lord for mercy. We may ask the Lord for forgiveness as well for many things. Let us pray. Oh, Holy Father, 
heavenly king creator of the heavens and earth father holy father father of our lord jesus christ eternal god we present ourselves to you in these moments trusting that you are hearing you are watching and that you are smiling smiling for your children those who are calling to you and perhaps you might say my children are worried they're not trusting in my promises they're not trusting in all that I have given them in all this time well perhaps Lord but remember sometimes Lord we're children and as children we are forgetful things we overlook things and we are not able to act with the maturity that we wish to have but you my Lord have so much mercy of us your mercy has been so great and you have taught us you have tolerated us and we have you here close to us because you are our shadow our shadow on our right side you are our shadow in our path and this is why we walk and we trust and we're joyful because we have you holy father look at the world mankind give them the opportunity to know you father and now taking advantage of the internet all of this you've allowed so that men and women can communicate in a matter of seconds all of this my god we'd like for you to allow the rest of the world to connect and also to communicate with all of us and to teach them that you exist that you are a reality you are the way the truth and life thank you lord and help us teach us how how we ought to proclaim your word how we ought to evangelize the world what can we do so that the world may know may know your name your power your existence so that the world may value the bible and that all that is written in the bible is the truth because you manifest and you bring your word to life in us and we are knowledgeable and we know all the scriptures because you bring them to life in our lives and we feel joyful and we're confident in this and we enjoy your marvels your miracles how many healings and miracles you have performed healings of incurable illnesses deliverance you've removed witchcraft and sorcery you've taken away sickness and with this virus you have also healed and have had mercy of many that have been victims lord all of these things the world needs to know the world needs to be aware of your marvels and your power of your mercy and your love and manifestation lord allow us and help us so that we may proclaim your word give us the tools give us the guidance and advice on how we should do these things so that people may know of you the world may know of you thank you my father thank you and how beautiful how beautiful it is to know that all of the world may know that a powerful God exists, a God that is worthy of all the honor, the glory, and the praise. Thank you, my God. This is our desire. This is our petition. Blessed God, bless all the brothers and the sisters, all the people that are in this moment, in their homes, 
Bless them. Protect them, Lord. Do not fail them with their daily sustenance, with their food. May you support each person and bless them, give them health, and give them the opportunity to be up to date with you because they have to serve you, Lord, because each has a promise made by you. There is a plan for each person. Thank you, my Heavenly Father. We give you thanks and bless all. The blessing be for all in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Thank you, my Father. We pray all this, Lord, with our heart, with our soul, in the glorious name of Jesus Christ, your Son blessings. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your love. With prayer I come, with prayer I come, here before your side. To tell you, O Lord, to tell you, O Lord, you're my soul's delight. With prayer I come, with prayer I come to pour out my heart. I love you, my Lord. I need you, my Lord. Oh, never depart. I burst into songs. I burst into songs. Your praises I sing. I burst into tears, I burst into tears of joy for my King. With prayer I come, with prayer I come to pour out my heart. I love you, my Lord, I need you, my Lord, oh, never depart. With prayer I come, with prayer I come, here before your side. To tell you, O Lord, to tell you, O Lord, you're my soul's delight. With prayer I come, with prayer I come, to pour out my heart. I love you, my Lord. I need you, my Lord. Oh, never depart. Thank you, my Lord. Thank you, O Heavenly Father. The honor and the glory is for you. Lord, bless all of your children, all of your sons and daughters that are watching, that are hearing you, that are calling out to you. Hear their prayers. And may you bless each one, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Glory to our God. Thank you. God bless you all. Thank you.